What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Jake? How you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Good, good. I'm not. Uh, yeah, man. I'm pushing the tweet. I invited people on the app. We'll have some folks coming into the room soon. How are okay. things your way? Good, good. Today has been really busy, man. I feel like things have been going nonstop. <laughs> um, I had to be on um, a TV show this morning where I was talking about the Pistons. Um, then I had a dinner. I had a deadline. So it's just nonstop, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we got another game tonight. Um, yeah. Knicks Pistons at, the, at MSG. That's why you're in town. That's why we, we met yesterday. Uh, yeah. But happy for you to come on quickly, man, and, and dive into the Pistons. Um, I've been enjoying your coverage at the D- Detroit News. And uh, I think um, the Pistons are a team that I have been surprised at how much I've enjoyed watching them play this year. I liked Kate a lot in Oklahoma. Um mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed them, and especially once he really found his stride the second half of last season. Um, yeah. But I haven't really been paying as close attention to them as I have been. I mean, I want to write about Bojan Bogdanovic because I, I have a sneaking suspicion, as I kind of wrote today at Yahoo, that his two-year extension isn't like a big kumbaya, oh, he's going to be here forever type thing. Um I certainly think there are people who are motivated for him to play in a winning environment. I'll say that. Um, but for now, it's worked. And I I really enjoy watching Cade kind of figure out how to become an NBA-level point guard, right? I think that's a big yeah. development there where he can get to the basket, he can get to his mid-range. But how does, how does he become someone like a Luka or a Jason Tatum who's a true engine of an offense? Um so that's kind of me to set the table to say, um, what have been your general early impressions of this team? I know there was some buzz around the league about, oh, maybe they're going to try to make the playoffs or at least the playing tournament could be a cool story, a la the Pelicans like last year. But what's kind of your sense of where this team presently stands and where they're going this this season? Yeah, I think this team is in a really interesting spot. Um, one, it's one of the youngest teams in the league if not the youngest once you take away their three veteran players but when you think about it you got Kay Cunningham who's just in his second year he's 21 years old but I think and I think a lot of people forget that that he's only in year two and he's still learning the league but he's already um, shown an innate ability to kind of get into the pick and roll and get into the mid-range and kind of get his own shot pretty much at will um, he had a tough time with that against Boston um, and a little bit against in the second game against Milwaukee. But both of those have both of those teams are really good defensively. Um, but as we found out yesterday, Kay Cunningham is dealing with some sort of a left shin injury. Um, he has soreness in it. It's he's questionable for tonight against the Knicks. So um, we'll see if he's going to be out there um, tonight. But. So far, he, I mean, he, he he's picking up right where he left off last season. You mentioned how he was playing, how his game kind of kind of changed or elevated after the All-Star break. Um, right now, he's averaging just around 20 points, six rebounds, and six assists. I mean, last season, he 
average total 17 5 and 5 so i think that's a pretty significant jump especially for the first few games of the season um but it's also been interesting seeing how he fits with Jaden Ivy and his explosiveness 65 guard out of Purdue who has this uh, he's one of the fastest in the league i've seen this year um and he just has the ability to kind of get to his spots as well. I think he's learning the speed of the game, which is always um, what young players kind of struggle struggle with coming into the league. But there have been times where he looks like he's completely poised and under control. Um, but then there are also times where he, he looks like a rookie, um, which which isn't a bad thing. So he it, it was so interesting. He, he grabbed, I think, 10 boards. Yeah, he had, he had a double-double at the half on Wednesday against um, – uh, against the Celtics and it's like how do he get 12 boards but he's just always around the ball and I think it's so interesting how that kind of how that backcourt is kind of developing right in front of our in front of our eyes yeah let's get to Bellion because that's my my area of expertise <laughs> um, <laughs> look th- th- he's a player that I think a lot of winning you know either it's a team looking to get to the second round that's never gotten there or a team Mm -hmm. that wants to push their way to really be in the title threat. You know, Phoenix was, um, I I think Phoenix was at the top of everyone's list in terms of uh, known suitors that had capital to pay in addition to talent. um, Right. And and the salaries that made sense that people were expecting. The Lakers were obviously involved. Um, I've got a list of other teams that I think, um, have called and contacted, but like nothing too crazy at this point. I think in terms of actual conversations that could even still be ongoing. I do know Detroit's getting calls on him, just like you know any team. When you know we're getting close to the December fifteenth area, where a lot of players who sign are going to be eligible, and that's kind of the unofficial start of the trade window. Um, but also, he's playing really well for this team right now. And yeah. you know, I talked to Dwayne Casey yesterday when you and I were hanging out in the lobby of their hotel after shoot around. Um, and he was singing Bogdanovich's praises. You know, I, I straight up asked Bojan if he likes being in this vent- veteran mentor role. And he kind of shrugged, but like smiled. And it seems like he does like it. It seems like he does like it. Um, and I think, sure, it's enjoyable now. We'll see how long that, that can last, obviously. Um, so I don't know. What have you seen being around this team, following them around the country, um, about him fitting into this uh, rebuild? Because, you know, Corey, um, Joseph's been there for a while. And, right. Um, the other veterans aren't exactly – like Alec Burks, I think, as you said, is going to be coming, making his debut tonight. But it's not like there's a ton of veteran – people or you know veteran players on this roster he's 14 years older than Jalen Duran so um it, it's clearly not the the, the most like it's it, it's a little bit of a of a square peg and a round hole type of thing yeah yeah it's it's so interesting when you put Boyan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup that has a bunch of 20 year olds and that's pretty much like Kate Cunningham um Jaden Ivey um Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart and he's the lone vet amongst that group but um so far throughout this first part of the season he's come in and kind of transitioned seamless seamlessly um he's averaging just around 19 points which is kind of what was on mark for his career high there in utah 
Um, and he's shooting the ball incredibly well. We all know what he can do offensively. But I think um, I, I've been a little bit impressed with how he's been able to kind of put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. So that that's that's always interesting with um, Bogdanovich. And pretty pretty much, like, when, when it comes to the leadership standpoint, when you ask Dwayne Casey or you ask any of the players, they always point to how he's willing to um, share his knowledge. Like, he's not he's not selfish at all when it comes to um, giving out the knowledge that he's gained throughout playoff experiences and just his, his time in the league. Um, a good example of that is when they were beating um, the Golden State Warriors. I remember there was a moment where they, I'm sorry, the, the, I'm sorry, the Oklahoma City Thunder, when they came back from 15 earlier this week, <laughs> all these games. A little bit starting. different opponent. Yeah, all, all, all these games <laughs> are starting to run together. <laughs> um but when they were beating the Thunder and they were kind of trying to hold on and maintain that lead, I was right under the basket when Bogdanovich came and kind of brought the team together. And we're not sure what he was telling them, but it, it kind of looked as if he was saying, hey, we got this. Just just calm down. Let's continue to run what we've been doing and, and we'll be OK in a good position to win this game. So when you have a vet like that who can kind of like calm down a young team, I think that that. That that's exactly what Detroit needs because they have a lot of veteran players that haven't they haven't played in meaningful or big games. Yeah, and you can see it. I watched a bit of Pistons ball over the last couple of days to try to write about um, his situation. And you can see, you know, a couple of times where he'll flare to the corner and the ball doesn't swing to him. He's kind of raising his hand like I'm open, I'm open, because um, yeah. he's used to, he's used to in Utah. I mean, you close your eyes and picture him in that. Uh, white jersey with the like forest green trim, like that ball's <laughs> ping, ping, ping into the corner. He's firing it, you know. And, and it wasn't him; it was Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal. Um, and the Pistons do kind of—I haven't looked at the pace numbers, but from my experience or my, my perspective watching them, they do kind of grind at a little bit of a slower pace. And there's a lot of herky jerky Cade kind of bumping his way into the paint, and it's not exactly a, a zippy. Um, you know, using both sides of the floor situation once he kind of makes his top decision at, at the high screen. But um, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure we'll get there. Um, we'll take our first caller from someone who uh, we've spoken to before on this show. Burton, what's going on, man? Oh, hi, Jake. I'm like, like I watch. On, I man? watch. In, I'm in New York. Obviously, have the league pass. Obviously, a sicko. I probably watched. <laughs> I probably watched more Detroit Pistons basketball than any non-Detroit Pistons fan ever. Yeah, um, part of it is because I think the team is so interesting. But the other part of it is because I have like a side bet with another sicko friend about Sadiq Bay, <laughs> and I just I'm. I mean, this could be like with the wrong lens on. I just don't feel like Cade. Or or Ivy, definitely not Bogey. Like they don't get him involved. It feels like a lot. They don't, they don't get Bogey involved. They don't get Bay involved. I, Bogey doesn't get Bay. I mean, Bogey's just hunting shots, so I get that. But it doesn't feel like they're looking for Sadiq ever. And again, I, I have like some random bet with a friend that he would average twenty this year. So maybe I'm not look. I'm not being <laughs> objective. I know it's fucking crazy, but like 
objectively, or I, at least I think I'm getting, I'm uh, being objective. I just don't see them utilizing him more. And I, I thought he was going to be the guy that takes this step forward that would like allow them to win more games because as good and as talented as they are, they don't win ever. They don't, they um, don't win a lot of games. That is they don't true. win a lot of games. And I'm, and I feel like he's the unlock for that. What's your perspective on that, Mike? I mean, obviously you're more ingrained with the team. I, this yeah, could that, be like, yeah, that's that's a really good observation that you picked up, and it's one that um, a lot of people in Detroit kind of share. Um, and Coach Casey actually spoke to that um, after one of the games. So Sadiq Bay is in an interesting position because coming into the season, him, Kay Cunningham, kind of I we didn't know what we were going to get from Ivy, um, but him and Cunningham, those were the two expected to shoulder that offensive burden for Detroit yeah. um, and once you add Boyan Bogdanovich who's kind of at the same position um, yeah. it's kind of taking away some of the shots and some of the sets that um, Sadiq would normally be getting so that's that, that's kind of where that it where that is right now they're still trying to learn how to kind of play together um, and when you have Bogdanovich at the four you have Sadiq at, at the three um, and they're kind of playing the same game it's going to be difficult for kind of Sadiq to kind of find his footing, but yeah. a lot of a lot of guys are kind of closing out on Sadiq when he's on the three point line. So as soon as he gets the ball, if he's not open, he's looking to immediately drive to the paint and try to either draw a foul or finish at the hole. So um, I feel I think like he's not a thirsty scorer. I, Bogey's a thirst. Like I've seen so many plays where it's like they kick it to Sadiq, he can take it, but then instead he just swings to the corner to Bogey. But then, like, literally, in the that'll happen in the first quarter, and then in the third quarter, same thing, but Bogey has a chance to swing, and he doesn't. And then, like, I feel like Casey's not utilizing him. Like, I, I, again, I, I could not be objective here and just thinking about my bet, but, like, it, I really feel like Sadiq is a person that can help them win more if they start playing through him a little bit. I'm not saying, you know, obviously Cade's the alpha, but, like, you know, get, getting him more opportunities, free throw line extended, trying to like expose mismatches. Like I just think he does so much, and I'm not seeing them utilize him the right way. Yeah, it's interesting because we saw Sadiq kind of slide into um, Casey still figuring out his rotations, especially right. with so many Feels guys. Like um, he, he we saw him slide into a unit with the second unit with the bench and and he was pretty productive. He was like one of the main facilitators of the offense. Well, not facilitators, yeah. but one of the main scorers. So, um, that may <laughs> there there may come a time where there needs to be a decision: is Bogey going to start or is Sadiq going to start at that forward spot? Especially yeah. when you have Bagley coming back, um, what looks like pretty soon, and then you're going to have Burks likely in that second unit. So. Um, I'm interested in seeing what happens here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. This is good insight. Thanks, guys. There you no go. No problem. All right. So, you've mentioned you've mentioned a couple Pistons players, but one name that has also come up so far that I want to ask you about, especially in that he's playing against the New York Knicks tonight, is Jaden Ivey. Um, what What do you recall about um, the draft night? Or what did you end up learning about the draft night attempts of New York to trade up and acquire him at number five? Um, it's so funny because I was not on the beat on draft night. 
So yeah. at this point, I was still in Syracuse, but I remember during my interview process, um, I just said that Detroit should draft Jaden Ivey. And I told my editor <laughs> this. And I said it because when you look at the history of the Pistons, every time they've been successful, they've always had a star-studded all-star backcourt. Um, you had Isaiah Thomas and you had Joe Dumars with the bad boys. You had Chauncey Billis and Rip Hamilton um, with the going-to-work era. And you even had Dave Bing and Jimmy Walker back in the day. So um, when you add Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and kind of match those skill sets, I felt like they would complement each other well. And they're still working it out right now, but I think Ivey is is going to be a very good player. Um, just his quickness, his way to get from point A to point B down the floor. Um, we've even seen instances where he's he's able to come from the weak side and get a, get a chase down block. So he's able to use that athleticism to his advantage. Um, but I think it's just all about picking his spots and knowing when to press the gas and when to kind of slow, slow the tempo. So um, as far as what New York was doing to try to get trade up to get Ivy, I'm not sure. I know um, I see Stephen A. Smith all the time. He's so, so upset that they, that the Knicks couldn't get him. But I think Ivy was a coveted asset for a lot, a lot of teams. He was. And I mean, I know, and I know New York people weren't exactly thrilled that the reporting got out there that, they were still calling the Pistons even after um, I was picked fifth. And they're, they're obviously they were involved in the Jalen Duran stuff that ended up landing him in Detroit as well. Um, I mean, the, the Pistons, from everything I've heard, were going to legitimately be involved in DeAndre Ayton, restricted free agency, that as we saw it, unfolded Phoenix apparently was always going to match anyway. So it wouldn't really matter for Detroit. Um, so good for them in going after this young center that clearly they wanted to target. And, right. and the Pistons made it very well known. I, I remember putting it out there on Twitter about an hour before the draft that teams in the late lottery were being called by Detroit and rivals thought they were going after Jalen Duran because that's what they were doing, you know? So has he so far lived up to that billing of someone that you would go, you know, mortgage capital or take on all these bad contracts in order to uh, acquire? Or has he, he, has he at least shown flashes of some type of, you know, real, real ceiling to be a key piece of this rebuild? Yeah, Jalen Dern is definitely going to be um, a key piece for this rebuild. I remember media day. He was asked if there were any thoughts about him actually, I guess, not being ready for the NBA and maybe if there was a role for him in the G League. And his answer was simple and plain. We haven't had any conversations about that, but if that's what the team needs me to do, then I'm willing to do whatever it takes in order to get better. And I think that just kind of sh that, that shows what type of player he is and the work that he's willing to put in. I mean, this kid, he's 18 years old. And he has the body of like an eight-year veteran in the league. Um, every time he's coming down the floor, whether it's he is blocking a shot, getting a put-back dunk, um, going up for a lob, you know he's a natural rim protector. So he he's already he's already had a, an abundance of highlights um, in Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. So a lot of fans are are definitely excited to have him. Um, and you even saw the impact when he was hurt. 
when he when he was out with the with the sprained left ankle um, for those three games, you saw how it impacted um, Detroit's defense, especially in their second unit. And then once you saw him return, you you felt you felt that he he kind of filled the void that they needed. So I definitely think Duran's going to be a be a special player. Um, he just has to kind of limit the foul trouble, and he also has to get better um, offensively because right now he's a little bit raw, but I think that just that's natural and it comes with time. Um, the thing I, that jumped out to me, and I, I don't really watch college too too much anymore. I used to back in the day, but it's just – I mean, when you're on the phone all day and then you go to a shootout and you come home and then you go to a game and then you come back at 10 o'clock at night, there's not much fitness to be able to throw on a late-night Pac-12 game anymore. But yeah. um, when I first saw Duran at – summer league in Vegas. Um, the thing that jumped out to me, it wasn't his athleticism or his size, which are obvious, but it was the right. passing. And I'm curious to see, I mean, they run a lot. Of, I, I I don't know what the, what the set is called, but they run a lot of action where there's two screeners at the top of the, of the key. And usually they've been doing it with Bojan. He's been running off brush screens and stuff, flying to the opposite wing to kind of create some activity with the defense where, um, before it happens for for Cade's high screen, and like I'm curious what that could look like if you had Isaiah Stewart and Duran doing that at the same time, and especially with Stu continuing to show a, a stroke from three, because if, if you can do that with a lob threat and two with two lob threats, and one of them can shoot and they can both pass, um, I don't know. It, it's it's going to give some interesting optionality for for different lineups they can play with. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that um that Dwayne Casey mentions when he he talks about playing two bigs together. He's hesitant because um, they've both, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, ha- have had a kind of a history this early this season to kind of get in foul trouble. So he doesn't want to play both. Most young big- yeah, go ahead. I said, I was just saying, most young bigs do. That's the thing with Jaron Jackson right now. Carly Towns is still struggling with it. Like, I mean, these guards are just so good and it's really hard and and everyone knows how to go get foul calls now, you know? So it's, it's not, it's not an uncommon struggle for young big men. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll, they'll have a better chance of doing that once Bagley returns. And I'm even interested in seeing like, is the starting lineup going to change? Is, is Bagley going to compete for that starting spot? Uh, Will Stewart, Stewart's having a career year, by the way. Uh, So I, I have a feeling that he'll, He'll stay in the starting lineup, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what type of combinations they they kind of come up with. Uh, what's kind of an underrated storyline of this team that we haven't touched on yet? That someone who's not following them day to day like you are wouldn't really be attuned to. Wow, that's a really good question, and it might <laughs> require me to think. <laughs> um, I have one thought. If you if you if you need one, yeah, go ahead. Um. Isaiah Livers is someone that I've heard behind the scenes that Detroit's really excited about. And he is getting a ton of time. John Bayline, his former coach, is there in some capacity in the front office. Um, I mean, do you, do you buy him as being uh, someone who's here for the long haul? I do. You know what? And and he's he's had his fair, tra- fair share of um, injury history. He was kind of injured when he when he got here as a rookie. Um, last season, and he spent the whole season trying to work work his way back from a foot injury. So, 
and he got off to kind of a slow start this year as well too. But for livers, it's all about just staying healthy. Um, I think he's one. He is one of the best shooters on the team. And he told me during the preseason he has a goal to be one of the best shooters in the league. Um, I think right now he's just playing a role, like, as a standstill shooter. Um, but if he's able to kind of showcase more of his talents, especially defensively, uh, we saw in the in the summer league that he had the capability to kind of be a two-way player. Um, he had a couple of chase-down blocks. He was calling out matchups on the defensive end, defensive assignments which is something he picked up from Michigan as well. I think he, he's a really good player. He just needs to the opportunity, and he needs to stay healthy in order to kind of showcase that. Um, any any uh, any thoughts on Dwayne Casey's job here? It's not something that I really believe is fully in jeopardy, but when you look at potential openings, that's just – I mean, same thing with Houston, same thing with Orlando, even though Jamal Mosley just got there. I'm not reporting anything for in the spirit of the show. I'm just asking you for your uh, observation of the team. Do you think there's any thought of if the Pistons are end up, you know, being where they are right now, second or, or, or actual last in, in the standings? They haven't taken a step forward to being a, a play-in tournament team or anything like that. Do you think there could be some some type of change come season's end, or is it too early to be asking that? I think it's too early to tell, um, honestly. And I've only been covering the team since July, but in my brief time here, like I think the team buys into what Casey's trying to preach. Um, he has a young team, which is definitely difficult um, when you're one of the oldest coaches in the league. Um, he's 65 years old, and he's out there coaching a bunch of 20-year-olds. So, um, it's definitely an interesting dynamic when you look at it from that standpoint, but I think he hasn't been given the, at least this season, he hasn't been given a fair shot just because of um, the injury problems. So yeah. I think once once his team gets healthier and once he figures out his set rotations and how he wants to play, um, I think that's the only time we'll be able to judge him based on this season. Because right now you've got a lot of guys out there kind of just learning on the fly. Yeah. I think uh, ultimately he is the exact type of heart and soul of a person that you would want to be around. Uh, Absolutely. It's kitschy and corny to say, but Brett Brown was like that in Philly. Um, and I think he helped a lot of players make the league, figure out how to become professional. Um, and I think he, he, he'd be – Maybe not the obvious choice, Dwayne Casey, for to oversee this type of uh, rebuild. But I, I mean, there was nothing but positive things about him in Toronto. He seems to be a pretty beloved guy around the industry. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think he's considered to be like a thoughtful. T- he kind of reinvented a little bit of the game, or at least the the strategy of it all. Um, helping Dirk at the nail and making the nail a real thing that everyone around the league uh, considers as a, as a spot that's an orbit of the court. Um, uh, I don't know. It'll it'll be curious to see. There's there's a ton of, now that Steve Nash has been fired, obviously the next, there are coaches who are looking uh, for their shot and their assistants looking to see if the guy that they they think will be able to pull them up the ladder if, if they get a head coaching opportunity. 
you're on the lookout for the next one. So that's just one that people have thrown out. Um, but I'm not saying that his job is in jeopardy or anything like that. I just wanted to pick your brain. Um, last okay. thing, uh, I am curious if you have any thoughts on just general direction that, I mean, the Pistons from my cat friends have told me that they could pretty easily get to 60 million in cap space next year. Um, uh. Do you have any thoughts on where you, you'd expect them to maybe be looking at? Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I don't know the next time we'll have you on the show. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, they are expected to have a lot of cap space next summer. And that was one of the reasons that Bogdanovich told me that he, um, signed that extension because they're they're committed to winning um, and he expects them to bring in either one or two guys um, that will kind of help 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 get this team to the next level um, we'll say who those guys are <laughs> we have no idea as of right now but I think what this team needs going forward is just it, I think it's going to be on that wing position. If you if you're going to build around Jaden and Ivy, I'm sorry, Jaden and um, Kate, then you, and you already have kind of your center of the future, so to speak, and Duran, and you have a guy who's kind of the heart and soul of your team, and Isaiah Stewart, then you're going to need a guy who can kind of go get his own shot and create for others um, out there on the wing. So I think that's that's going to be the next step. I'm not sure who that type, who that player is exactly, but I think they definitely need a wing who can who can come in and kind of do his own thing. Or, and this is a big or, are you going to, if this team does, if this team doesn't go where they want to go and they're kind of in the lottery again, are you going to get another guard? And do you maybe switch K since he's six six over to the small forward position and kind of build through there? Because that's, I think that's an option too that not a lot of people are talking about. So, huh. um, it, it 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 just depends. At the end, man. You said what? That's a potentially big bomb you just dropped at the end. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> do, I do not quote me. I, I don't I don't know anything. I haven't spoken it, to anyone, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, there certainly could be a time. I mean, Victor Oladipo was was being trotted out as a point guard in Orlando. And then at, the, at a certain point, you know, the very next year they drafted Alfred Payton, right? So, um, or, or, or maybe it becomes more of a, of a show where Ivy's just the ball handler and Kate's flanking him, you know? We'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, there's a lot of talent there. It'll be interesting to see how it all comes together. Um, and, Mike, thank you for joining me, man. Is there anything that you want to plug, anything you want to ask me? If the floor is yours before you get out of here. Yeah, um, I just wanted to thank you again for having me on. Um, all of you, thank you for listening. Um, you can find my work at the Detroit News. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mike A. Curtis too. Um, hopefully, I'm not going anywhere soon. But we know how Twitter is kind of a crazy place right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, just th- thank you for having me, and I- hopefully, we can do this again soon. Sounds good, man. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll be back next week. I'll be on the road. No idea who I'm going to be talking to, but we'll figure it out. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Yeah.